Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 662. We had a brief interlude last week because uh, things just didn't work out, but I hope you enjoyed our interview with David Rossi, uh, who's the string arranger, uh, lovely bloke um, based in Copenhagen. Um, do check that out. It's online. You can watch it. In fact, I put the links everywhere. Uh, this is the Sonic Talk podcast. We generally talk about everything to do with music technology and production and synthesizers and all of that kind of stuff. So uh, I do hope uh, you can join us on one of the many platforms if you're uh, watching this or either on YouTube, Facebook Live, uh, Twitch. We also uh, release audio versions, which you can find on Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Alexa, iTunes, all of that usual kind of place. And I want to say thank you very much to our friends uh, over in the chat rooms. We've got our YouTube chatties, we've got our IRC chatties, and then we've got everybody together with uh, uh, Discord and uh, Facebook and all of those other things. I want to say thank you very much to those guys and gals for joining us. Also want to just draw your attention to our Patreon if you feel like supporting us. So we've got our Patreon. I've been putting some more exclusive stuff up there. Last one was uh, extra sounds for the Strager, the Make Noise Strager review I put up uh, literally beginning of the week. Oh, was it Friday? Maybe it was Friday. I can't remember what the, what the day is. Maybe it was Monday. I, I honestly can't remember. Um, but it's it's been, it's going. And if you want to join us there, some very reasonably priced tiers, uh, sonicstate.com forward slash Patreon. Uh, no, it's not. It's Patreon's. <laughs> it's this. This is what I'm trying to say. It's patreon.com forward slash Sonic State. Crikey, it's a good job I'm not in advertising, eh? Uh, I wouldn't be able to get my message across. And uh, so, yes, we'll we'll say hello to our guests. We've got a full panel this week, which is fantastic. Uh, we'll start over there with, uh, well, let's start with Steve Hillier, who we haven't had on for a while. Steve Hillier, okay. Uh, songwriter, producer, synthesist, all kinds of things he does over there in his studio. DJer, although perhaps not so much that unless you're doing some live streaming how are you steve you well i wasn't really tempted to do the the djing live stream thing because i think as i mentioned about a year ago i i can't think of a way of making it interesting so um <laughs> so instead i've been doing um, other things but no i'm good it's nice to be back thanks also nice to have the weather back so oh isn't it just yeah i spent uh, yesterday i actually went fishing for the first time because the lakes were open and i spent all day walking around a lake in the lovely weather not catching anything but it was still a lovely day apart from the fact i had a terrific hangover because it was was also Monday was the first day in the UK we could have people round again and I uh, and I did and we did and I really overdid it and I must learn because I'm old enough to know better but anyway I'm glad I'm glad you're doing okay and uh, and lovely to see you and um, got any uh, where where should people look at for your your stuff and ting your uh, creative output um, the best place to go to is stevehillier.net that's my website um, right I just uh, I just released uh, the last of a, a trilogy that I'd worked on during the lockdown, which was a sort of piano and quite minimal electronic interpretations of songs that I wrote um, in my old band, Dubstar. And um, it's 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 been really enjoyable, actually, to re revisit those songs and also to make a string of releases where the it, it, it really is just a question of... Um, of doing something for the love of music as opposed to anything that's career based or financially based. It's really just been doing it for the love. So that, that's been uh, a nice that's thing. A good, so you, if you're energy. interested in that. Yeah. Yeah, ab absolutely. It is. And, and, and that energy thing is something that, you know, shouldn't be discounted. It's very easy to get distracted by career choices and money. But in this case, I wasn't. And so if anyone's interested in that, they can find out more details at stevehillier.net. 
Excellent. Well, uh, succinctly put, nice to have you as well. So uh, we've also got Mr. Ty Unwin, who's there in his studio. Oh, I can see. Is that the uh, reissue ARP 2600 full size behind you? You're in the vintage synth room. Or actually, does this mean you're in the studio again? It's, have you refitted? It's... it's almost well it's not almost finished i'm it's it's getting there i've basically shelves. yeah i'm no i'm 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 back in the gears in it's just there's these thing called uh cables and wires and but i'm back at that stage so that's that's fine so i'm in room 1 um at the moment and it will by hopefully by september there'll be three <laughs> there'll be three rooms and they'll all be have all have their individual purposes, but this is room one, and everything's here, just no cabling at all. So. Can I take a guess and suggest that that might be the synth room? No, this isn't the synth room. Oh, just... this is no, no, no. This isn't the synth room. This is the this is the main room. This isn't the synth room. I know. Right. Don't. But it, they've all got. Yeah, but they're bound. To, you're bound to have synths in all the rooms because you. There, you there are synths. In, basically, this has got this has got ten ten synths in here. And and so this is the this is the room where um, these are my favourite ten cents. And then there's a room with some of the lesser appealing cents. And then there's another room with with the ones left <laughs> with, with the reject child that you know I lock away in the cupboard and I never feed. Basically. The Mrs. Havisham yeah. collection, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's only, sorry, I'm only laughing because as I'm saying it, I'm actually genuinely thinking, God, you're such a twat. As I'm, as I'm, as I'm explaining this, I just realise the stupidity of the whole situation. So, Well, not really, um, because, I mean, I'd be the same. You know, I've got a load of synths here. There are a load of synths that are kind of like under a cloth that aren't used regularly. There's ones in the, well, you probably can't see, it's out of focus, but there's a, a thing back there that are the ones that are on the set. There are ones that I grab recently. In fact, I've got, I don't think you can see that, but there's a table sort of here, which has got whatever it is I'm currently working on uh, in terms of review. In fact, I have the uh, the circuit tracks arrived this very day. Just want to point that out. This is, these are the, Ooh, what a lovely profile. It's very, Ooh. very much smaller. And it's, I think I can switch it on. Let's see what happens if I switch it on. I, well, the lights will go on, that's for sure. So let's see what they, how they... Uh, there we go. Here, the lights going. There's a live light switch on. Of there we go. Oh no! And it all does it play? Nice. Well, it would do. I mean, it's not playing. I don't know why it's not playing. It was earlier. I've already broken it. No, I haven't. But um, that's the next one in the queue. I've got, uh, currently got the Korg SQ64 over on that one, which is um, is coming in. But uh, yeah, so I, I can I can identify. It's you know it's, mine have to move around a lot more, whereas you can decide, and and I guess you know you can you can decide where they're going to go and whether whether things get relegated or need to be brought in for a project you're working on. I mean that makes perfect sense. Yeah. There's no need to feel ashamed. Yeah. Oh, I believe me, I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, lovely to have you. And we've also got uh, Mr. Dominic Hawken today, who uh, is launching the, launching the new uh, Mr. Wiggly uh, video. Right, this is your. Uh, um, not launching your new plugin. I'm just going to new plugin. Yeah, I've launched a uh, yes. Thank you for the the ability to plug it. Uh, I've launched. I'm launching a new range of plugins. The first one I've just finished is called the Incinerator, which came as a result of being on this show and talking about recording into microphones and speakers stuck inside an incinerator. Um, so please do go and check that out. It's mrwiggly.co.uk. I'm really really happy. I've spent my lockdown learning how to code plugins, basically. 
um, as my next project after the the sleep music app snuggle sounds thing so but i am genuinely uh blown away by the way it sounds and i'm like well this is this is really cool ty bought it this morning and is not known for mincing his words so it'd be uh it'd be interesting <laughs> to see what he thinks of it because i didn't <laughs> wouldn't even allow me to send him one so uh, we might have to finish the show early if he looks a little bit angry but <laughs> <laughs> So I'm not stressed out by that whatsoever. But yeah, it's gone live today. It's it's uh, it's twenty quid, and so the idea is to try and keep it um, keep it cheap and make it sound good. And uh, so yeah, MrWiggly.co.uk, and you can. I, I think the main thing is if you stick it on presets or drum sounds and stuff, it, it just makes them pump a little bit more. The idea is that you're sending them out out of the box through some kind of amp or system or incinerator box or whatever and it just brings a little bit of life and movement to your sounds um, and has worked really well actually i've been using it with um dave's oberheim plugin and the obe and, yeah which already sounds amazing but actually if you sprinkle a little bit of that on some of the lead sounds it just even it just makes it sounds even more amazing. better well yeah, even so more better even more gooder so we know what you've been up to. So yeah, have you had over it. to FM? Yeah. This is lower third, yeah, uh, mrwiggly.co.uk. You can find it. Yes, please. That, go and check it out. Stuff. There's a video so and all that. Do go yeah, and check thank it you. out. Can I, can I give my review? Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't tried it yet myself. Yeah. But I, I um, it's, yeah, I mean, honestly, I can't. I genuinely can't think of a better way of spending 20 quid because it's. Um, I love reamping anyway, and I do it in guitar rig loads. And one of my favourite drum sample libraries is um electroacoustic by the sonic couture guys where they basically did exactly that they took loads of drum machines and they put them in a really nice room and reamped everything with a whole different array of mics and, and amps and and whatever so the concept itself is um something that i love the idea of and uh it's what's great about this is it's incredibly simple and because doms actually you as well as having the wet signal you've got separate control of the wet and the dry so it's really easy to get exactly the right balance um and there's an extra delay and reverb which are which which are fine but that's it's the reamping that's the the special bit and uh everything i stuck through it sounded fantastic and it's i tell you what it, it's easy to get the sound of it's easy to get those sounds from like black celebration the depeche mode album where that was well known for everything was reamped every single all the synths were basically stuck through keyboard amps and guitar amps and then mic'd up and every single time i was messing with all the sounds all i kept thinking was that sounds like black celebration <laughs> so um yeah absolutely and i'm not just saying this because dom's on it but absolutely dumb fantastic really oh, well, really good you. Really, you. really good testimonial really testimonial indeed very much uh, well it's lovely that uh, that all went well because it could have been very awkward eh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> can, so, I, can i just say before we carry on before we carry on can i just say can you put all four of us up yeah exactly mm. okay is it's it me zone, is this it? just is this, no this is just the best game of whack-a-mole ever yeah, absolutely <laughs> Uh, well, I'm the, I'm the, I've got the glasses on. If I take my glasses off, I, I, I can't there see. It. There we go. We're almost It's all like right. with that, that long-lost family. I think I should maybe get a sponsorship for some caffeine-based hair product, uh, and then we, might, then we might be in the money, folks, you know. This, we'll have to see. Uh, right, okay, let's get on to some other stuff. To, actually, uh, before we go, I'm going to just uh, pop in. Uh, no, we won't. I'm going to go. Uh, so, main topics here. Oh, yeah, this was, I thought this was actually pretty cool. This is, uh, and I don't know if I can pronounce his name properly, uh, Christoph 
Duquesne or Duquesne, he'll say. This Hello, I'm Christophe Duquesne from Hacken Audio Duquesne. on La Voix du Luthier, and I'm here at Expressive with a brand new Osmos. As you know, the Osmos is running the same engine as the Continuum, the Eigen Matrix. And I wanted to show you today a specific feature, uh, which is named Pressure Weighted Portamento. It's a patented feature, so you will have it only on the Osmos and, of course, on the Continuum. And it allows you to have a continuous pitch even on a keyboard like, like the, the Osmos. The principle is that you press one finger and then you press a second finger with the relative pressure between the two fingers you will precisely control the pitch in between the two notes you are pressing so that's how it works got that folks Right, it's quite a long video and there are a lot of examples in there, but that's possibly not the best one. That's not the one I would have gone with as the first example. But it's this is because obviously Osmos was uh, was trailed some time ago. This is the Expressive E keyboard that's got the Harkin Audion, uh, the the engine in it, the Egan Matrix engine in it that's actually on board. And it's this really interesting kind of custom bespoke keyboard mechanism and this is just news of one of the features it's got which is the time-based uh, uh, portamento and there's some really good examples in there and I thought that was kind of uh, it kind of I think they, they released that on Friday and uh, I just thought oh that's nice I know I'll come to you first Steve because um, I don't know have you tried the whole sort of MPE kind of slash world of, of this, no. this sort of thing no, um, no I haven't uh, so far I haven't actually had a chance you know what I saw this um, my initial reaction was kind of, mm, okay, so what? But then I realized that's my default reaction to pretty much everything in life. <laughs> so I just sort of continued with it and watched the video. And I, I must admit, as the video progresses, I think you're right, Nick, that first sound that they use doesn't really show off really much of anything that, that the keyboard and, and this uh, can do but what really struck me as the video went on was the combination of that kind of expressiveness with the egan egan matrix sound yeah. engine because yeah because we were hearing um you know playing uh, uh that that really just brought that sound engine to life and i know it's kind of it's designed um for these kind of special kind of controllers but the combination of the two really caught my imagination. And um, so you could hear all these sort of physical modeling type sounds being played in a way that was, as you would expect, maybe the original sort of instrument to sound, which was extraordinary. But then it kind of made me uh, wonder that, you know, you've, you've got to be a good player to get the the best out of this kind of stuff, or at least that's what I thought at first. And then I kind of thought, well, about actually maybe where this stuff gets really interesting is when people who aren't great players get hold of it, and they're just finding stuff that maybe us who can play just wouldn't consider. Yeah, rooting that stuff in interesting ways through the sound engine, and and, and maybe taking us to a completely new place. So, um, so I checked out the price of this thing, which is I think. Two one five eight. Yeah, I got it there. Two thousand. Yeah, it was. It was always going to be a couple of thousand euros, and this actually, you know. But bearing yeah. in mind, this is a completely different 
type of keyboard plus the engine. I don't think it's massively unreasonable, considering you would be no. buying a, a um, you know, like, I know a, a Summit, a Novation Summit, or uh, I don't know. There are there are other instruments of around about the two grand mark. So you know, it's yeah. Well, it certainly interested me, and it, particularly the sound of the Egan Matrix engine um, and that keyboard together. You know, this could be actually where I jump into these ultra-expressive mm. controllers, as opposed to things that are just switches like this. Yeah, exactly. There is that. It's interesting, isn't it, Ty? I suppose, you know, that you could with something like this, you know, you can, in fact, have, because the Egan Matrix seems to be very... I looked at the interface, isn't particularly pleasant to look at or work with, but, you know, you could actually have a sound that is a one-finger sound and not in a kind of wave state sort of the entire band kind of way, but the, just the amount of expression you can have from moving across a few axes yeah. is what the, makes it quite exciting. It's essentially more like a real instrument. I mean, we had this conversation a few weeks ago when we were talking about MPE and the, the, what that opens up. And all that this really does is it's the combination of the um, of the MPE of things like the Roly, but on a totally more like a more conventional, it seems, keyboard in terms of the action um, combined with the engine. And I mean, because years ago I looked at the Continuum um, when I was yeah. getting the Roly, I looked at the Continuum, and the thing is about the Continuum, I again, uh, exactly as Steve was saying, really, I loved the sounds, but I just wasn't that keen on the, uh, it was, you can't say the action, on the Continuum feel, on the feel of it. It just it's didn't. Quite unf it, it's quite unfamiliar, isn't it? It's a different. It just, it just didn't work for me. So the moment I knew that the Osmos was going to have the, um, this, you know, the same engine, and uh, with a more traditional keyboard, um, uh, that was you know that 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 was it for me. I mean, so I, I pre-ordered one on. I think they they announced it at six, and I pre-ordered it at five past six. You know, it's right. that kind of. The moment I saw what it could do, it, it just rung all the bells for me. I think, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, when they so, came here, uh, and, and that it was just a three D printed kind of prototype. But I have to say, I, I was really sceptical because you know all of these kind of it's, it, you immediately think, oh, this is going to be wacky and not really kind of you're going to have to look. But I was playing it because it's got all these, it's got release velocity, attack mm -hmm. velocity, after touch velocity. So the not only the pressure but the speed at which you and it's got secondary so you've got an initial after touch there's there's a lot and then you've got the wiggle left and right there's and it felt because of the way it was programmed it felt very expressive and really but also familiar because i could still throw the chord shapes without breaking my fingers like i do because that's the thing i can't do i can't do that on uh, a, a seaboard because it just really hurts because your fingers aren't mm -hmm. really designed to do that so much I, that's yeah. what i found you have to, like we said before, and like you know, Rich and I have had many conversations about it. With all the, all the rolly stuff, you have to. It's like learning your instrument. You have to train your hand to to do things, basically. But it's not a lot of unnatural things. And I think with this, it sidesteps a lot of that. And, and more to the point, the most important thing is, is that when people play now, and it winds me up every time I see it when they do the wobble where all they're really doing is playing aftertouch. So they're pressing down to get the vibrato, but they insist on doing the wobble on the notes. Well, I and think, it, it, I think it's, an, it's like Wawa face, isn't it? I mean, you can't help yourself it's, sometimes. It's well, unfortunately, yeah, you, you can help, help yourself, yeah. You're not doing anything, so <laughs> prick it in. But anyway, so now they can do the wobble, 
and it actually does something. So that, for me, is the most important thing. <laughs> I don't know why our face. That's a contender for this week's title, isn't it? Uh, John, obviously, this is this is going to sound be- this is going to sound better with uh, incinerator. Clearly, on it. clearly, clearly, it needs an incinerator on it. But uh, it's the hot faders as well, and the DJs are talking. Oh, uh, don't please, please don't start me I, I, Ty and Steve mentioning it, it's the integration between that and the sound engine, which I think is brilliant because we've, we've had auto legato forever, whereas, you know, it will legato if you don't release the previous note, but you do and it doesn't have legato. And I always used to find it frustrating because I am a player that you couldn't adjust that speed without grabbing the knob and, and adjusting the speed. So it's a brilliant idea and it sounds amazing. Um, with what they've done. My, my one tiny concern is at the very beginning of the video, he says it's a patented technology. And I'd, uh, if it's in combination with what they've got, I think that's great. I'd hate to see people patenting applications for MPE and MIDI 3, MIDI 2.0 because they've come up with them. Um, this is a, a great example of something that can be done with, with MPE and MIDI 2 technology as yes. a controller keyboard. Right? Now, and so, you know, I don't quite know where they sit, but I'd hate to think that I couldn't go out and make something with a similar functionality to control something else. Or, I don't know. I don't know if you know more about that. But. Well, I do. The, because the, the thing that they were very uh, clear on when they came here for the presentation, which seems like such a long time ago now, I haven't had anyone in the studio for over a year, is the, 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 the sensors and everything on that keybed is is nothing it's very very high resolution so the uh, it can only talk that the egan matrix is designed for the similar levels of resolution so it's it's kind of outside of the scope of midi even you know maybe maybe midi gotcha. 2.0 i don't know so i don't know that it is actually and, and you get the same thing if you've got the harker to continuum you get the same degree of uh, sensitivity and the, the granularity, you know, the resolution is very high. So you couldn't necessarily say, well, in a MIDI 2.0 thing, it would be something that they copyright. It's actually the whole control gotcha. mechanism that, that. Well, that makes uh, complete sense. Yeah, complete sense. Because they've obviously spent a lot of time. It works brilliantly. It's not cheap to produce. It's, it's amazing. Uh, it just threw a little, little flag because yeah, he says, oh, you'll only see this on our keyboard. Um, you know, we we got to we got to use those things for everyone. But yeah, I I totally agree. Can't knock anything else that's been said before me. It sounds great in that particular application. It, funnily enough, does sound like something that is easy to if you if you play piano, if you play keyboards. It's it easier with to your get, playing yeah. style. Do you know it what? is yeah, easier absolutely. to get to no get way. your head around. De- definitely easier to get your head around. There's no doubt about it. And then uh, let's see if we just go here. It, it, it also says, I mean, it was going to be available, uh, I think, the beginning of last year, spring or summer last year. But obviously, you know, there's been stuff that's happened since then, as we know. Now it says available in 2021, whatever that means. But hopefully, uh, I, I don't know, maybe Ty's had updates because I guess as a backer, they might be sending you kind of, it, don't worry, it's yeah. coming. Yeah. Yeah, they have. They've been sending updates of what stage they're at. Or t- it's literally since the date was um, announced. Really, they've been they've been really good in keeping you updated in all the problems. I I think the latest one because I'll be honest with you, I just thought it's going to arrive when it arrives because no one can predict anything at the moment. So yeah, well, that's true. I think they were saying first deliveries are something like September or some something like that. Okay. I think I think they're doing final testing. I think it said June, July, and then I think it's I think it's the end of the summer beginning of autumn right so i think okay 
that's cool. Okay, nice to... Anyway, check them out. Um, Espressive.com, and that's the Osmos. Uh, I think it's time for a word from our friends. Um, yes, our friends. Isotope Producers Club is a -a one-of-a-kind membership for producers ready to take their tracks to the next level. Once you join, you'll gain access to powerhouse Isotope plugins and a curated selection of tools from our partners, such as Melodyne from Celimony. Plus, as long as you're a member, you'll get every future update to the Isotope plugins in your membership for no extra cost. We'll also regularly serve you new curated content like exclusive inspiration-sparking sample packs and preset packs and industry-leading training ranging from our own tutorials to vocal production lessons from the world-renowned Berkeley Online, taught by Grammy-winning producer and engineer Prince Charles Alexander. With new content being added every month full of valuable production techniques, tips and tricks, and solutions to common production problems, becoming a member is an investment in your career that grows as you and your career do. For more information on Isotope Producers Club, head to isotope.com. And you can also get a free seven-day trial uh, with that. And if you're also interested, we can uh, uh, give you a bit of... uh, uh, extra discount uh, on uh, well, not on subscriptions but if you're buying any isotope stuff if you use go to so, uh, isotope.com forward slash sonic talk and use the code sonic 10 at checkout you can save yourself 10 percent on the other stuff they do as well right um so let's see what's the next one uh oh, dom's in similar I, I i i flipped it around didn't i uh let's let, let I, I, we'll do um I think we'll do this one because uh, I had it at the end of the list and I didn't wonder. This is something new from Soma, Electro- uh, Soma Electronics. Vlad in his all his kind of fantastic Carl Sagan voiceover majesty here. This is the uh, Cosmos Drifting Memory Station. It's kind of a looper that's Cosmos. not predictable, which sounds like a, a really bad idea. Station <laughs> for a deep meditative mind. <laughs> Whether you are a singer, a keyboardist, or a guitar player, Cosmos will help you create amazing, evolving soundscapes right on the fly. Oh, you could get lost in that for ages. And in fact, many people do. Uh, this is the news of the uh, new Soma Laboratories Cosmos, which is this kind of, well, it's... Uh, they call it now what do they actually call it they call it a a drifting memory station so there's sort of various modulatable things you know so you've got you've got actually quite a small amount of memory which i think is 44 seconds Uh, but then there are all these things that it'll do reverse and wobble and and one thing that was quite interesting i mean you know soma stuff always has a a different take on it and it's definitely got that Uh, one thing that was common to all of the demos that they had is the people that were demoing it quite often were seeing it for the first time and they all look really puzzled and they tried to figure out what the hell was going on where the loop point was so it's not traditional in any way from that point of view but it's it's very Soma Laboratories. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Steve, have you ever... Uh, you're, you're looking a little bit like, what the hell is this thing? It's. Uh, <laughs> but have you tried any of the Soma Lab stuff? It's, there's there's a thing. It has an aesthetic, which is actually very pleasing to use, generally speaking. Um, do you know, I did try one out in a rehearsal room a couple of years ago uh, before lockdown. And I, 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 I just... I, I love this expansive, you know, drifting sound. Um, what I was sort of like pulling a little face out there was that even in the description, I couldn't 
I was just trying to get my head around what this unit actually was doing. So it's looping, but it's not looping in a predictable way. Well, that, that, that sounds great. And then I was, but I just, what would you, what would you use it for? I, I don't really know. Well, big washes of sound, to... I think. Uh, let me see if I can. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is achieved in three ways by a mathematical shift based on the relationship between the large prime numbers, the size of all the delay. Okay, there's lost. I'm lost already. Right. But I think it's. It, okay, well, I, I'm a big fan of prime numbers. And, and, and delays. I, I where would we be without them? Let's let's be honest, guys. That's true. So, so okay. So I get that. So basically, it, they're doing calculations based on primes, and so you, it takes a lot of calculations until you start repeating yourself. I understand that. Okay. Well, well look I, from the little that we've heard there, I, I, th I think it sounds um, kind of uh, yeah, basically really interesting. I, I I must admit I haven't had a chance to uh, yeah. explore this any further. But whilst everybody else is talking about this, I'm going to be thinking about prime numbers. Uh, well, that's probably not a bad idea. I know uh, the Soma Lab stuff is lovely. I know, Ty, you're a big fan of uh, the Lyra. You know, you and you say you kind of get it out and create these kind of, but even even that, which is pretty damn obscure, feels like it's probably easier to predict than this. <laughs> Oh, I think yeah. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, like, yeah, I've got the Lyra and I've got the I've got the Pulsar twenty three as well, and um, I I love what they do. And so when I saw this, I, I I really think it's kind of in terms of the predictability. Yeah, the Lyra you can kind of work out more or less what could be happening, and then it'll throw a curveball. And I think it's kind of the same with the Pulsar. You think you know where it's going until you make that one connection, and all of a sudden. It's gone somewhere, though you have no idea what's happening. I think what I like about this is, <laughs> from the get-go, you haven't got a clue what the hell's going on. And I think, I actually think that's good, and I think that's really creative. And it's almost like um, the fact that the controls don't have normal relationship to what it says on there, and the fact that when you when you click in the reverse, you can literally just reverse chunks you're not reversing the whole thing you can literally just click in reversing certain bits that then go to granular engines no one has a clue or there's no predictability predictability about this and i absolutely love i mean i yeah i mean it gets boring now yeah i, I pre-ordered one so it's um it's well, that, really yeah it, it's, it, no, you're exactly right it is literally just for long extended soundscapes and you'll then find that the same with the lyra you find that sweet spot and then you record it or sample it and then that becomes you know kind of the the, the beginning or a track or an atmosphere but it's yeah. all about it's all about getting completely lost in the unpredictability of it and creating these huge soundscapes yeah, I suppose so. it's like getting into the flow. He's very kind of keen on this. And again, th th there's a shot later on in the video of the internals of it. And if you've ever looked inside any of the Soma stuff, <clears> it's <throat> built in a very pleasing aesthetic way with really high quality point-to-point -point wiring and all that. So, so this is 480 euros, which may sound like a lot, but it's, I mean, considering that level of craftsmanship that's gone into it, I think that's probably quite reasonable. Yeah. I don't know whether you, uh, the Pulsar, I know Matt, um, Matt Hodson's a massive fan of the Pulsar. I don't know how you feel about it. It is a great drum machine, I have to say. I would. Totally, yeah, I've been using it recently for a couple of things, and it's really, really good. I'm jealous. I don't have one. I know a, a friend of mine does, and it's just brilliant. I mean, this thing. I did kind of watch the video quite carefully, and they, they talk about it being inspired by the Eno and Robert Fripp's Frippertonic stuff, which was a lot of tape loops and things going on. And like, 
where it becomes unpredictable is a one, there's four different delay settings. One of the delays or four different delay types, if you like, and one of them is two delays side by side that just drift in and out with each other. And they don't really describe how you control that drift. So it just, it well, you just don't often. You don't. And there's this brilliant line where he says, we've, we've, um, it's something along the lines of, you know, we've, we've worked really hard to make the controls to make as few controls as possible to all the important stuff so you don't have to stop meditating whilst you're using it and you're, <laughs> you're kind of completely <laughs> off there they don't actually say what the controls do but it, you know you don't have you can basically do it whilst you're asleep kind of thing it sounds great what what i really like is that it's it's a hardware unit because you could probably do this kind of stuff with similar algorithms as a plug-in um, but this thing is so beautifully built it's all um 32-bit inside. It's as you say. I haven't looked inside one, but the the, the the quality in there is great. And I I don't think it's expensive given the cost of some of these really top-end pedals that you can get, the Strymon stuff and all that, which sound amazing too. This just seems to be almost a synth in its own right, which you could use as a sound generating tool. Anyway, it's very much of a of a particular style, isn't it? You're just going to do yeah, I think so. evolving ambient I mean, I, things. I but... wonder if we're getting, I mean, it, it feels like we're getting maybe towards the, because I, I, I'm a big fan of noodly and, uh, um, you know, ambient stuff, but I, I'm wondering whether we're not, we're starting to get to the kind of the, the prog rock phase just before the punk mm. of a new music technology kicks in, you know, and it, everybody's just kind of like, oh, I'm a bit over this. Maybe we need something that's a bit more pointy and, and, and staccato. <laughs> to, to well, I think, I think, I think joke aside, I think it's coming back to one of the next top topics we're going to do if we do it about the, about shimmer verbs. Yeah, because I think I think that's. I mean, do you want to talk about it now, or do you want to talk about it when we oh, talk we could, about well, it? Well, I, 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 there, there is actually because I think they I think there's a cross, together. Yeah, yeah, I think they yeah. cross over there. Because well, let me. Some, I, yeah, well, I'll I'll put that in quickly. Um, uh, this was the shimmer verb. Uh, oh, I'm just trying to find out what the number uh, the number of the video is. Sign vibes. That's sine vibes or sign vibes. Yeah, this is the new version two of of, of which is luminance. Two version two, which is very timely. Actually, that's very timely for you, uh, Steve, because it sounds like that's a CP seventy or CP eighty into that shimmer verb. But yeah, Absolutely. version two that's... has got more stuff. I, I'll stop there because I know Ty, Ty, you were about to come in, and then I'll well, come over to you, Steve. It, it's only because I mean, look, we all love a good shimmer verb. We, you know, it's 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 great, and um, but I'm over it now. I'm so over it. I mean. You know, kind of. It's all about the submarine <sighs> shimmer. That's the one. I, the one going down. Yeah. yeah okay. That's way better. Well, that's <laughs> no. I, do, do you know what? Yeah, I won't argue with that because at least it's a different take on it. At least it's going in a different direction. But for me, it's very much feels like, and I think you used it in one of the emails. It's very much the kind of the gated reverb of 1984, and it's that. We've we've been there now. We've seen it. We've done it, and it's it's lovely. But I kind of want it to go away. And a lot of the stuff I'm doing at the moment now is deliberately the opposite of that. I'm, it's very dry. No reverb, it's, right? No reverb. Literally nothing. It's just very, very dry and very exposed. And because the, what it seemed to me was shimmer verb just became not only a cliche, which is never great, but it also it almost became a cliche of itself and it became the easy option it got to stage where you could do anything and if you yeah. put shimmer verb on it it just, just sounded great well it just it's, sounded 
it sounded <laughs> yeah. wonderful. It's also the moment, there is a bit of a sh- it's, it's a lazy option because one or two notes can kind of that's it. Yeah. And, and the moment the moment that happens uh, of in any any kind of effect or any kind of style, at the moment that happens, you have to turn around and go, okay, now's the time to kind of cut loose. And don't get me wrong, Shimmer Verb will be back. Give it fifteen years, twenty years. Uh, we talking, will be back. But are we know. are we talking all modulated reverbs or just shimmer? No, I know what you mean about the submarine, <laughs> the submarine verb because it it does sound different. And I mean, if people don't know what we're talking about, basically it's rather preset than the core, yeah, yeah, rather than the pitch going up, basically the harmonic pitch goes down. That's all. I mean, that's the only difference. But yeah. it's it's a more. But the reason it's a more pleasing effect is no other reason than we're not hearing it constantly and skip forward a year when everyone's using that and we'll all be sick of that as well yeah, so it, it's 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 like everything the moment anything gets any kind of overkill and it becomes an easy option then no it's time for, it's time for it to um, go and and don't get me wrong i i've got lots of you know i love my even tides and i love all the shimmer verbs but no it's it's time to move on really i think i don't know steve i i mean i've thought of you because i just thought there's the cp i know you've got a cp but it's interesting i mean i'm not i'm trying to think are we getting um i'm I'm not sure if we are getting actual uh um shimmer on advertising you know it's like that time when you had bamboo trem or whatever i'm trying to think whether or not i've heard that i must have done and maybe i'm just do you know i was thinking as as as, um ty was talking there um I know exactly. I know exactly what you mean, Ty, about it being a, a cliche, and that thing about you, you stick it on something and you can just play one note and it sounds great and it, it feels a little bit easy. Um, but then I was, I, I, I'm just thinking. I don't think I've heard shimmer verb in a sort of commercial production. I, I don't mean like an advert or anything, but I'm just thinking in a sort of contemporary record. I don't think I've actually heard it on record. And in fact, actually, the, the first time I heard uh, shimmer verb was on an album called Filigree and Shadow. Yeah, It came absolutely. out on um, 4AD. This Mortal Coil was the name of the act. It mm-hmm. was like a, a, a sort of various artist things where the, the guys who, well, the guy who ran the company, a chap called Evo, Ivo, um, got his favourite singers to sing his favourite songs. And there's a little instrumental tune. I'll get the title of it in, in a moment, where I, you can hear the shimmer verb. It's a beautiful thing, just a little bit of guitar being played in this sort of a cloud of, of delightfulness going on behind it. But in terms of records, I don't know. I, I can't, I don't know if I've but actually can, heard can, it out I, in I, I, I think but I can I just say, the, the difference is there, the difference is there, Steve, is the fact that, because I, I love this Mortar Coil, and you're right, that's, that effect is all over Fully Green Shadow, and it's all over Blood, which was the album after that. But the thing about it was, is that, it wasn't actually a shimmer verb. It was basically they chained um, an eventide harmonizer that then went into into a reverb. So in other words, there was a creative process where they basically, they had the individual elements and they had the foresight to go, okay, hang on, if we put the output of the harmonizer into a long reverb, what what will happen? And that that for me, is as exactly as you say that's when it's creative and that's when it's new but the moment now you can just for you know 15 quid or tenner just load in a preset and it automatically does all that is 
for me, is just mm. too easy. Well, I'd I, I just like to also point out that th the reason we're not seeing it in modern productions is because modern production is ma very much more about minimalism at the moment. If we're talking pop, you know, like US charts, yeah. it's like, you know, maybe four or five things. I did a great interview with uh, Federico Vinva uh, where he talks about this kind of, these rules that have been applied. You know, it's Rick Rubin's rules where it's like you can only have four things or five things and that's what Kanye uses because he worked with... There's re some really interesting... So Shimmer would just blot out all of that that possibility, but I haven't come to Dom yet because Dom, uh, obviously, yeah, yeah. um, are you thinking about putting a shimmer on your uh, incinerator? Funny, I just I, I got my list here in shimmer crossed off shimmer <laughs> number two, <laughs> <didn't> it? <laughs> <laughs> it was all lined up ready to go, so I've, I've crossed that. <laughs> <off the list. laughs> um, no, I actually, I was just going to say the same thing about the minimalistic thing about stuff's going. I mean, maybe I'm getting to hear it on TV shows and and film scores and that kind of thing a little bit when you do, you know, big synthy kind of noises. But it's it is, it's an instant gratification thing. And you know, I think we might be we might be a little too focused on it because we're obviously there in the thing. Do people really care? I guess it's 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 not overused enough in people's faces for them to go in the same way that say a dubstep wobble became a real like joke for a while but it's heading that way because it sounds great so if you're if you're using modular stuff or something very you know one line and a kick drum and a, and a hi-hat sticking something like that on it is obviously going to make it go bosh especially if you're mixing on headphones um but yeah it's it, it's it's going to be one of those things that just disappears i think isn't it and and you know it doesn't offend me quite as much as the other guys but uh um, I only I, I think I, because it isn't all over, all over I'm the just I'm just worried now that my entire creative output has just been devalued and, and I have to completely rethink, <laughs> rethink myself. I think I'm going to need some time to think about that while I play uh, a message from our friends over at Modal. <laughs> So, uh, yes, I want to tell you folks about the Cobalt 8, uh, which I reviewed. Uh, eight voice extended virtual analog sync with innovative oscillator with 34 algorithms, multiple four-pole ladder filter, 29 endless encoders for real-time control, internal sequencer and arpeggiator, MPE support for expression, which I can thoroughly recommend. Works great. Modal app for Mac, Windows, iOS, Android, VST and AU. Uh, if you want to find out more about that, uh, check out the URL bit.ly slash get underscore modal thank you very much to them for uh, supporting us on the show yes it's it's um it's an interesting argument i think and uh, you know it i guess overuse is is what does it and i i'm guilty my lad. uh and i suppose that's just i'll have just have to live with that i don't know but i mean i, I just would add one extra thing on this nick which is that um one thing that i i've rather enjoyed from this kind of rather late vintage that I'm inhabiting at the moment is looking back over the years and reflecting on things that were um, overused at the time that give a specific uh, sort of date stamp to when right. they use. So I'm thinking of things like um, the DX7 uh, bass, you know, bass one, I think it was called, or or the gated reverb. And, and at the time, it, it can feel a little bit irritated, irritating as being overused. But with, with a nostalgic look, it's nice to to be able to spot, yeah, that that record was probably made in 1987, yeah, yeah. or this tune was yeah. made in, in, you know, 2015 or whatever. And uh, that's something I feel that we've kind of missed a little bit in the previous decade. Um, I, I, the only thing I can think of that sort of date stamps the 10Ts, at least in the stuff that I listen to, is the overuse of uh, the Serum multiband compressor. 
which seemed to be on every single yeah. dance tune that I heard for, for what would it be six years? Now? I don't know. But I think there's something nice about that. So I think it you would, know maybe this irritation that we we find now will become fondness in time. I, I'm not yeah, irritated. I, I, I'm, I'm living I, the dream. I, I, <laughs> But I mean, I, I agree, especially, yeah, it would be, I just want to get to the stage where there will be a track that doesn't have side compression. That's what I really dream of, that if, I'm not hearing the pads pumping through and every other, other quaver. That would be nice. But it's that, but I, I will just tell you one story about gated reverb, which is, which is quite funny, because I was a big, like we all were, we were a big fan of gated reverb back in the day. But when I was doing, um, uh, the Midge album a, a couple of years ago, uh, and I was doing it all. And he walked in, and I was working on a track, and we were talking about, um, you know, what what to do with the, the drum sounds. And I decided that I'd put gated reverb on the drums, and the reason was because no one else was. No one else a couple of years ago was two three years ago was putting gated reverb on drums. So I did the whole drum track. This huge gated reverb, and he came up and walked into the studio. <laughs> And it's exactly. just like, what, what the? <laughs> it's just because, of course, all his career, in, when in the day, there was gated reverb on everything. And all he could see was it was the one thing that dated all of that stuff. And so mm. in his head, all he all he feared was it was it was a dated sound. Whereas exactly as Steve's saying, my argument was a lot of people don't even really know what gated reverb sounds like these days because they don't encounter it. You know, it's not effect that's used. As it turned out, out of spite, there's about four places on that track where I kept the gated reverb just to make a point, but I had to get rid of the rest of it. But there's four bits where it's just gated reverb just to make a point. Actually, so. one thing that uh, gated reverb sounds really good on pads as well. It's quite, I mean, oh, yeah, it sounds really, really wrong, but it, it, yeah. it creates a really interesting texture. I know. Uh, Tr triggered, triggered gated reverb on pads sounds beautiful. Yes. That's yeah, with, a, with an external trigger. That mm. sounds, that can sound really beautiful. Yeah. Gosh, remember, I remember putting an external key into a gate all those years oh, ago. Gosh, God, oh, yeah, that's drawbits. Yeah. We used to put, literally, I, rather than just reverb, I used to gate everything. If it was, wasn't was sounding that interesting, you just gate the keyboards. You know, just constantly. <laughs> so maybe if we gated the shimmer, then we've got the new genre. What could it be called? G gimmer. <laughs> gimmer? Yeah. I don't gimmer. Know. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a genre. Yeah, if you're that new genre, it's called Gimmer. Yeah. Gimmer. Gimmer straight out of the West Country. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds a little bit tough. a little bit dodge. Uh, there are. I'm, okay. I wanted to. I do want to get this one in because it's luggage, uh, and uh, we we. Oh, well, hold on. We don't Where's do enough page? luggage in this show. We don't do enough luggage. Uh, this is the new Roland. Go, going for the really good ones here. <laughs> Let's do, do so. luggage. <laughs> well, I don't know whether what else would we want. Actually, this did start with the sign vibes. Yeah, Luminance too, which is only uh, 39, 39 bucks, I think. Oh, yeah. So if you do want some really good shimmer reverb, or even after that shimmer assassination, then you know maybe uh, maybe you should check them out. Sign and sign vibe makes really good stuff, so do check them out. True. Anyway, uh, back to the uh, back to the Roland gig bags. Uh, this was a news item. I had them somewhere. Uh, where is it? Oh yes, it says move your move your Roland synth safely. Uh, so this is a selection of gig bags. 
bags, high quality stuff, quite expensive, but, and it's an interesting one because transporting keyboards, I mean, nobody really these days wants a flight case. I mean, they, as keyboard for a flight case is, I mean, it weighs so much. It's really kind of, they're just massively impractical in most, you know, they, they usually just make the keyboard too big to actually fit in your car anymore. I mean, it's just an absolute nightmare. So gig bags are kind of a big thing. And Roland have obviously spotted a little gap in the market and we can move, I guess, other synths can fit in there. But they're quite, you know, they're quite pricey. Well, not pricey. They're, they're, they're a premium product, shall we say. So you can spend up to 360. So an 88-key gig ball, keyboard gig bag with wheels will be 360 bucks. That's a lot of cash. I guess that's the top one up there. But it really just brought me, okay, so how do you transport your own uh, things? Because, you know, once in a while we do. I mean, it's less and less these days because we're kind of more installed and not getting out. But uh, I don't know how you how you tackle that one. Uh, Dom, do you have a do you have a preferred method? Is it wrap it in a blanket and stick it on the back seat? Not or? anymore. My dad made my first flight case when I was still at school out of wood for my JX3P, which was just stunning, and I still have that, which is amazing. I've still got the JX3P as well. Um, no, when I used to, I used to bane of my life. It's worse than being a drummer back in those days because quite a lot of the guys were carrying around Simmons kit that was easily transportable. But lugging like three keyboards, and I, I just had normal flight cases and a little hatch not hatchback you know one of them um cars that you could just slide stuff into the boot back in those days some ford something or other um and used to drive around but 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 at that age you don't really care because you're just excited to be playing gigs and you know this was back in the days of playing um playing for boy george and stuff so we were playing some really fun fun things and it was just a big laugh um but i remember kind of like getting I had a lift in my place I was living and the lift failed one day and I had to climb up like kind of six flights of stairs one by one with these flight cases and stuff. So gig bags would be good. The only thing the only thing that you've, you've just got to have flight cases for is if you're flying. I wouldn't put, trust a gig bag in the hold of the of the plane. Although having said that, looking at these Roland ones, they, they do seem uber padded. And I mean like mm -hmm. wheels and stuff. It's, it's as close as you can get to something metal but but you know sort of more lightweight canvas thing i think um but i i just don't really gig anymore um don't so the need. Just, yeah but it, i mean just just up, transporting yeah. keyboards is is actually really a nightmare it's, yeah it, just, it, it's a bit it's just like the, the the thing that's shaped in a way that makes it really hard to move <laughs> i know uh, um steve do you do you have a need do you have uh, another room yeah. with boxes and cases for all of the keyboards you've got in the house <laughs> uh i have a shed do you know one of my um saddest memories i suppose at the start of lockdown was going into my shed and just seeing a stack of my flight cases with a stack of toilet paper on top of it <laughs> uh, yeah, that's 2020 so um, it was you i've just <laughs> <laughs> yeah quite well i've had a very comfortable year but the um <laughs> The um, it was funny. Uh, Dominic was just talking about gig bags and and, uh, and taking them onto planes because I remember a long time ago, I did a, a gig in Italy in Milan, and my Roland JD eight hundred, which is a big thing, um, I was just carrying it around in a gig bag. But I thought I didn't actually. I didn't think I, I just put it in to the holes. And of course, when it came out, it was a different instrument. The, the The modulation stick had gone; it was bashed. But what was even worse was that I 
decided, I don't know why, that I'd put my optical disc drive, which had all my samples on, in the gig bag in the J, with the JD800. Uh, so, of course, that wasn't working when that came out. And so I spent an afternoon with a promoter who couldn't speak any English, driving around the streets of Milan, trying to find a replacement, really quite esoteric optical disc drive for, for my samples. And the whole time me thinking, I don't know how I'm going to pull this off. It's 1996. Everything's in the sampler. <laughs> in the end, um, and the, the, it, the gig was in a sort of uh, club that was so big and it was so busy and the PA was so bad. I think we basically got away with it. I don't think anybody noticed that um, <laughs> I, my modulation stick had gone, <laughs> as had all my other sounds. That but, is a, um, a nightmare. Oh, yeah, it, it really was. Um, but no, I, I, I think um, these days when I've been uh, gigging, uh, I know what you mean about flight cases. I mean, I, I got a flight case for the JD800, but of course the problem with it was it was so big, it basically doubled the weight of the thing. And the thing was already like, I don't know, 15 kilograms or something. So it it's became impractical to carry that around if you're traveling internationally, at least by, by air. So what I've done recently is transport things around in a selection of gig bags, like the sort of things that you would um, expect DJs to use. So yeah. you'll note, I mean, I'm not, you're not using sort of long keyboards like this live, but rather smaller ones. Uh, items like the Korg Op 6 is perfect, which I've got just here, because it's small-ish, it's definitely light, and it's something you can stick over your um, shoulders in, in a bag that, um, you know, would survive being put in the back of a car. Yeah, I mean that. I, I've got a bunch. I've got one of those DJ kit bags as well because it fits the uh, Dominion One. When I was gigging, I, I started to get cases for everything that would just go in a in a bag. But I mean, there's always that temptation, isn't there? It's like, oh, this is a big padded bag, and I could put like the Beatstep Pro in there as well. But then, really, if it gets tipped up, that thing is going to just slide around and take all the fader caps off, snap the ends off the knobs, all that kind of thing. I, I remember Ty when you came down to our uh, that night in Bristol where you basically created that enormous. <laughs> tabletop of stuff um, which uh, that was uh, the Salt Cafe I thoroughly recommend you watch that it was a great evening and uh, but you kind of built a bespoke board for it all to fit on so you could put it all in one thing you know that's 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 dedication so how do you yeah, transport that out yeah I mean that it was I mean you say dedication it was stupidity let's be honest at the end of the day because it was uh, there was just no other way of because I was so I, that, that's what I wanted there was no other way of doing it other than getting something built that housed everything but in, in, in everyday um use i mean i don't do a lot of live stuff anymore when i did do live stuff i did exactly the same as uh, the other guys in that i got flight cases but the one that really finished me off was um i was doing it was a trinity my main one of the main ones was a trinity pro x and the trinity pro x was stupidly heavy and then because i had like the the most solid case built for it that was even heavier than the synth and the synth was like 30 something kilos 34 kilos not, or something you're not allowed to case, lift that sort of weight anymore are we and the, the case was heavier than the synth i mean it was and i only did one tour with that and then i kind of cut down and i went down to just a stage two and um for doing live stuff and that was in a gig bag and everything else i did ex uh, like everyone else did like steve was saying um everything went into individual 
um, gig bags over my shoulders when I'd be going onto airplanes with all these, everything over all my shoulders and paying extra for. Um, and amazingly, I got stopped at every single airport and I had to empty the entire thing. We've all been there where you empty out everything, um, which I was doing on multiple of these gig bags. But the main Nord went in its own bag. But I have to say now, if I did anything live-wise, I would do the rich route, which is basically uh, they just hire it. I take the data and they just hire it at the other end. Although that can backfire because I did a show, I did a proms over in Ireland a few years ago where I completely gave them all the specification of what I've needed and I turned up with the um, USB stick to stick it in and I'd set a stage two and they decided to supply a stage two plus and the two and the two plus the data doesn't doesn't cross oh, over oh dear yeah it's like that the Waitrose of, of the, the, the or the supermarket that's uh, that you get deliveries you get substitution lists don't you it's like yeah that's yeah. stuff you need okay you wanted noodles yeah. uh here's yeah. brillo pads yeah yeah <laughs> and the, because i all of these samples in it were completely bespoke to the gig and none of them would load in. It was a it was a very interesting evening. It started. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I arrived at about seven o'clock at the hotel, and I can't remember when I actually got to sleep, trying to sort it out. And it wasn't it wasn't a fun evening, I have oh, to say. Yeah. But I, the main the main problem I have because I don't do live stuff. The main problem I have is 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 if I'm moving stuff, you know, if anything goes down to be repaired or sent away or something. But the the thing is, I keep I keep the boxes for everything, every single thing, I I keep the boxes for my i have a you know i have a quite a a long a big loft that essentially you can't get in just for synth boxes and the only one that is a real pain really a pain is is the one at the back yeah is that thing because (laughs) that's that's 100 kilos and yes yeah absolutely the csat because that um yeah, that when that has, I'd love to say if it has to go back to Kent, but it's a CSAT, so when it has to go back to Kent to look at, that becomes a real, a real yeah. pain in the. That that was uh, for those who don't know, that's Kent Spong, who's the sort of UK expert in fixing CSATs, and at any given time he might have eight or ten on his premises where he's fixing, you know, the various uh, and inevitable yeah. things that will go wrong with them, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but but yeah so but other than that yeah it's just you know if i do have to move anything it's just shoved in its box basically it's interesting yeah. though isn't it that whole data approach i mean that uh, rich sussed it you know you you find you kind of almost got to find the keyboard or the the, the technology that is so easy it's so ubiquitous that you can then just plug in and it'll work and that's kind of the answer and i suppose that's what computers and laptop laptop and midi controller is that's why it's become so popular because you can turn mm-hmm. up and it's like i don't care what it is because I, I could even if, if as long as i've got 88 keys i know that i can maybe you know have mapping software that will just do my drums in the bottom half or whatever and it's just so you don't necessarily need all that but it, it makes it you're going to get end up with a certain homogeny, you know. You just everybody's got a laptop and a Nord stage or whatever it, you know. Insert easiest mm-hmm. to, to hire keyboard, which is possibly why we see so many of these things around the place. But I think uh, I think oh. something that's kind of interesting um, about moving around data is um, having DJed for a very long time. You know, back in the day, I was carrying around, oh, God, you know, yeah. a whole CS80 worth of vinyl to every gig. Um, but these days, me and pretty much everybody else just takes one of these mm-hmm. little flash drive, and um, 
the convenience of that is absolutely uh, extraordinary. And um, it, it, it's been such a revolution to be able to take an entire record collection with you on a, on a stick like that. It's much easier to take on aeroplanes and, and all that kind of thing. And um, you can have also, backups with you and leave a backup in the cloud. So, you know, there's all sorts of stuff you could do. Well, yeah, pre- precisely. The only drawback is you, you, there's just less for you to do with your hands. You've got to develop more of that kind of hand ballet that we were discussing. So hot earlier. faders. Hot faders. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> you, you have to do that because they'll, somewhere in that room that you're playing, there'll be the man who's paying you. And if you don't look like you're doing anything, you know, it's going to have an effect on your invoice. What about just having like this many records that each side have got a different cover? So you just have a bespoke set of 50, maybe 50 records without the vinyl in because then it won't be heavy. Or you have two or three, and then you just have a different cover on each one, and you just thumb through them. And you know, if you're DJing with the time code uh, um, deck, which would probably make sense, then you can look like you're looking through things and checking sleeve notes and stuff. You need some extra, just some extra, you know. Well, I can. Welcome, welcome to how to uh, scam the promoter. Tend to be DJ. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I was. Um, if I was gigging, I'd probably just use main stage. If I was doing sort of repeated gigs where in general yeah. I needed the standard set of sounds, you yeah. know, then, then it would be main stage now and a decent controller. But I, most of my stuff, there, there was quite a lot of live stuff to start with, but then I just ended up in the studio and there would be different studios all the time with different remixes and stuff. So then you just had to bring anything because you didn't really know what kind of sounds you wanted to to create well that's that yeah point, that's where know. we're now there's so many little desktop doodads and whatnot now you need mm. now you need a flight case that can take like 20 synths rather than one big one you know you need your mm. your, your volker case and your uh whatever it is your electron case and you can actually have the whole lot in one sort of re- reasonably i suppose you can bring a lot of different things i mean if you're bringing a polybrute for instance or a matrix brute that's that's the tricky stuff because that's just that just is heavy you know and or if you want an electric piano you know sometimes a Rhodes or a or a whirly is what you need and you just that's why the higher business is uh yeah yeah such yeah. a big thing i suppose totally well, that feels Hammond like organs and stuff. That, yeah, it feels like a good point to, at which to end things. I want to say thank you very much to everybody. It's been a pleasure having you. Um, and like I say, we're uh, we're looking for sponsorship for caffeine-based hair products. Uh, just <laughs> get, just contact me at uh, at Sonic State, and we'll we'll work out a deal. Uh, I can't speak for everybody, of course, but uh, I, I'll speak for myself. Um, but yeah, lovely, lovely to have you. Um, and thank you very much to all our friends in the IRC and in the chat. There's been plenty of people. Thanks to those people who've put in super stickers and uh, um, super comments. Very much appreciated. That will go towards the inevitable massive uh, drink fest or celebration, food, whatever we do, when we can all finally get together and have a kind of big old Sonic Talk knees up, which I'm very much looking forward to. That uh, uh, Indeed. But Steve, uh, thank you for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure as ever. Um, lovely to... And I'm really... I like the, uh, the the old Dutch master kind of side window look that you've got there. It's very, uh, very classy and classic. It's, usually it's on the other side. I should have reversed your input so that you kind of, it, it's the classic girl with the pearl earring or the uh, any of the other Van, Van, uh, Van der Meer or um, Bruegel or any of that lot. But hey, pretty good effort. <laughs> well, uh, thank you. There's a, there's a beautiful tree just here. So it's, it's an ancient, well, I say ancient, 120-year-old elm tree. Oh, just here still which going you, you nice. can't see from the shop but it's it's a beautiful um companion in my music room 
Excellent. I'm glad to hear it. Well, thanks for joining us. And also, Mr. Tyone Wynn, thank you for joining us too, making time of your busy schedule. I know you're in the middle of stuff. And not only that, but you're having to plan your patch bays and tedious stuff like that. Or do you like that sort of thing? No, I hate it. I used used to absolutely love it. And now the whole thing has become so obscene. I absolutely hate it. Hate every second of it. Right. So thanks for bringing it up. Really appreciate it. <laughs> I, yeah, well, I'm sorry. I, I, I'd be thinking, yeah, I think just you're going to have to go for like those Maddie and then, you know, just have everything yeah, so that a, you can recall the patches. It's a complete, there's a complete Maddie rig down there for everything. But even so, there's still. Still not enough. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, you, you have my sympathy and also a little bit of envy at the same time. So uh, that's perfect. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, Mr. Dominic Hawkin uh, on the launch day of the incinerator. I Thank you. you. Go back yes. and uh, just count the number of emails that come in and say all, all those great plaudits. And, you know, it's it's the best thing I've ever tried. And, and uh, also, you know, the success of the sales and all that. I wish you all the best with that. Oh, thank you very much. And thank you for Ty's comment earlier as well. And everything. Yeah, no, it's exciting. It's the first thing I've ever done like this. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I can't complain. But thanks very much indeed for letting me come, come on on the launch day and at least talk about it as well. So, thank you. No problem. Okay, well, uh, that's it for this time. Uh, like I say, uh, I think I've got the Korg SQ64 review to finish. Uh, I've got a review with uh, um, Federico Vinvar, which is really a really interesting chat with a kind of uh, big producer in uh, L.A., multiple Grammys. Very, very interesting bloke, so that'll be coming up soon as well. But that's it for this week. We'll say goodbye and thank you very much, everybody. Uh, We'll wave out and uh, see you all next time. That'll be it for Sonic Tour. Thanks a lot. See you later. Bye. Bye.